It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service. I'm Cammie Carlisle, and today we have Janie York, the owner and the do-everything lady that owns Here Now Solutions. Welcome, Janie. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine, and I so, certainly appreciate having you interview me today for your show. I'm so glad you're here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from Nebraska? or I am from Nebraska. I grew up in Arlington, Nebraska, where my 92-year-old mother still lives and oh. one of my brothers. I have three younger brothers, um, so I've not ventured too far from my original roots. Well, I'm with you. <laughs> So tell us about your organization and like what you do in a nutshell, your mission statement. So here now, Mobile Hearing Solutions provides on-site hearing care for individuals living in long-term care communities at all levels, whether it's memory support, uh, nursing homes, assisted living. And we do this on-site because it is really difficult for people to get out and do anything with their hearing aids, get their ears checked for excess whack, um, get hearing tests, get hearing aids, especially mm-hmm. So this is why we provide our service on site for those individuals. I love that. I think you're right. I think as folks age and plus living in Nebraska, we don't have a lot of really great transportation, public transportation. So for older folks to get around, it's a bit of an effort. So it's, it really is an effort. And, you know, that even though they are paying to be in that facility, the transportation cost is an extra expense for them. Right. So let's say, for example, if I have to send them out for wax removal, because mm-hmm. I currently cannot do that, they might incur expenses up to $100 if they have to take a caregiver with them. Right. And that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So it's really important, I think, to provide that care on site. Absolutely. So if you're willing, you do have an interesting story regarding your own hearing loss. Would you like to share that with us and how things are? Certainly. So it was 1992 I had a mild hearing loss in one ear, and my I was already wearing a hearing aid for that. Mm-hmm. Just all of a sudden, I was having extreme dizziness and vertigo, and I just could not get on top of it. I would have these attacks three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. It was affecting every aspect of my life, and I could not find a doctor who really could tell me what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me a tranquilizer prescription to take when the vertigo hit. Well, such a strong prescription, it knocked me out for a couple of days. Whoa. Finally, I found ear specialist and Dr. Britt Thedinger. He's a dizzy disorder expert. And he informed me that I had Meniere's disease, which is a condition of the inner ear. And... That's what causes this extreme vertigo. Unfortunately, it took me so long to find someone that that condition did take all of the hearing in my left ear and a good portion of 
my right ear, which is a problem. So now I only hear on one side and I wear a hearing aid in my right ear. And without wow. aid, I am pretty much just homebound. I can't do much of anything without it. So it was this hearing loss that really got me thinking about the work I do now. I was an activity director at a long-term care community here in Omaha. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that many of my residents owned hearing aids, but that's where the relationship ended. Oh. They, them, they weren't using them. They didn't think they were effective. And so I just started out informally going out and looking at these hearing aids. I was not licensed at that time. Mm-hmm. And they were just all full of debris, dead batteries. They were a mess. So within two weeks, I had an every two-week program going out and servicing hearing aids with what I knew at the time. And that's where I got the title, the hearing aid lady. So wow. I've been a hearing aid lady ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for sharing your story. Now, is your vertigo gone? I mean, did that eventually dissipate or what happened? You know, it pretty much has dissipated. And Right now, I just have a very low-dose tranquilizer that I always keep with me, and I can kind of tell when something is starting to ramp up, mm-hmm. and I take those then every four hours, and I can keep it under under control. So my hearing has been pretty stable for about the last 10 years, oh, which is, is, I really can't afford to lose much more. That is so interesting. Now... What are some of the other reasons? So you had a disease, but I mean, what are some of the other reasons folks lose your hearing? Age? I mean, what are some of the other reasons? Age can come into it. You know, we have loud noises. Mm -hmm. Um, Individuals who are in the military or maybe worked in factories. um, Those of us of an age that spent a lot of time going to rock concerts. Whoops. So noise, noise can cause hearing loss age, family history. You know, I have several members of my family who are also hard of hearing. So oh. there can be a family component in there, just heredity. Okay. Um, you can have a temporary loss just by having a wax impaction. So oh. if you have a wax accumulation that covers the eardrum, mm-hmm. the can't make it to the eardrum to do their magic. And so then you will have a temporary loss that is resolved once you get that wax impaction out. So there are lots of reasons why people have hearing loss and lots of reasons why people don't correct their hearing loss. Um, And usually that's not always um, the cost. That's so interesting. Often that the cost is why, but it's really... Typically not the cost. It's more of a, I don't want people to see my hearing aids or I don't feel like I have enough of a loss. So that's, that's something we often struggle with is helping people accept the fact that they need some help. That's so interesting because so many of us that have seeing impairments will wear glasses and mine are really thick, but I still wear them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And there's just some weird stigma that we have about, I don't want anybody to see my hearing aid, which is so bizarre to me. Like, don't be ashamed if you can't hear. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'll often hear, well, I don't want people to know I'm hard of hearing. And I always tell them, well, you know, they 
probably already know because you're asking people to repeat things or you're not participating. So let's go past that and look at what else we can do. So I was just going to ask you, what are some of the early signs of hearing loss? So not participating. Not participating, asking people to repeat, uh, turning that television up louder and louder and louder, radio Mm. louder and louder. Um, In a community, you see people pulling back from going to all the wonderful activities. So all of those things together can indicate that, yeah, we probably should take a look here. And it might be something as simple as just a wax impaction. Incredible. So I can't even remember the last time I've had a hearing test. I feel like it was (laughs) school, you know. We should fix that. Yeah, so that isn't a required is that a required test as we age, a hearing test? Will I be offered that eventually, or how does that work? It's not required, and I've never heard of a physician suggesting that people get annual hearing tests. I believe you should get a hearing test at least every couple of years. Annually is probably better because once our hearing begins to change, it's really good to keep track of it. Right. A hearing test every year to make sure of where I am because again I really can't afford to lose much more. Right. So I want to make sure that I'm staying within the same parameters. So most people then probably so there's no requirement to get a hearing test. So I'm guessing that it's until people start realizing oh I can't hear then they go. So once they go, do most people then have a yearly test or just when they feel like going back? Yes, <laughs> it can be all of those things. So once you have a relationship with a hearing care provider, mm-hmm. provider is most likely going to send you reminders to come in and have your hearing tested again, okay. or that your hearing aids are still set to the right settings for mm-hmm. you to get the most okay. out of them. Then it's incumbent on the person to actually go in and do that hearing test. And that's where things start to break down. Because uh, if the hearing aid is working well enough, mm-hmm. they may not go back in for that follow-up hearing test. Okay. So then over time, that hearing aid may become less effective. And that's where people start saying, oh, it's not worth it. My hearing aid never helps me anyway. Uh-huh. Probably they've not gone in for follow-ups or they don't remember how to clean their hearing aid. When I see people with a non-working hearing aid, about 90% of the time, it just needs to be cleaned. Wow. I never even thought about that. And of course, yeah. I mean, you get to bring in your ears, so why wouldn't it get in your hearing aid? Right. So tell me about when you go into people's homes or to the retirement places to help folks, are people super receptive to this? I'm guessing yes, because you've come to them to address They the are. Person. And the way I run my uh, my business I contract with the facility. So the facility pays me for coming in. So the residents do not. Ah, so I like that. We, I work with a social worker at each building and they identify, say, the original list of people I should see on my first visit. Okay. Then we just build on that list continually. They mention it in care plan meetings. They talk about it in their marketing. And so, yes, people are really receptive and it just 
makes me so happy when someone brings me a hearing aid and tells me it hasn't been working for two years and all we need to do is clean it. Now, sometimes that's quite a project for a hearing aid that's been sitting for two years, but they are just so elated when we clean that hearing aid and oh my gosh, it's working now. Well, so how do you clean a hearing aid? (laughs) There's a lot of different (laughs) things you do, but you know, some hearing aids will have a little tiny filter in it and you mm-hmm. change the filter, you get the sound openings opened up and wipe it off. Make sure it's got good batteries or a good charge because mm-hmm. now we've got more and more hearing aids that are rechargeable. Oh, so we don't use batteries. We're just recharging those hearing aids. They have a built-in lithium ion battery. Oh, uh, that's cool. Additional battery. I'll check those batteries, make sure they're good. Hearing aid batteries last about a week. Some people believe that if they put a battery in their hearing aid, it's good for a month, but that is not true. Because it's always on, right? Right. Right. It's on all day. Okay. You should open those battery doors at night when you put your hearing aid away so that the battery is not engaged overnight. I see. Open that battery door, it's going to be dead in just a few days. Okay, I'm, this is so fascinating. So tell me your experience. Do you think that the aging population is needing hearing aids more than ever? And if so, why do you think that? I don't think they need them more okay. than ever. I okay. think I think there is more awareness of the need for hearing aids for elders. Right. It's becoming more and more apparent that untreated hearing loss has a role to play in cognitive decline and dementia. Mm-hmm. Think about it. If you have untreated hearing loss, again, we're going to pull back from conversations. We're going to pull back from activities, be more isolated. We're probably not going to listen to the radio and TV and be engaged in the world and life at all its different levels around us. So this is where the cognitive decline and dementia can become worse. Mm-hmm. If that hearing aid or hearing, whether it's with a hearing aid or even with an amplifier, we're still going to see improvements in engagement because now people can hear. It's it's just, do you find, is it men that don't speak up or is it both men and women that have this? It's just such a weird thing about our hearing that we don't speak up about it. I do see a little more resistance from men than from women. In a nursing home setting, I often have daughters dragging their dads in for a hearing (laughs) Dad, you're going to do this. Uh Um, But I do see resistance on both sides. And it takes a lot of coaching and counseling to help people understand what the hearing aid will do for them and what it will not do. You know, it's not going to restore your 17-year-old hearing. It's not going to be perfect. And nursing homes, long-term care communities present a really unique set of challenges for people with hearing aids because, first of all, they are not quiet. Right. You've got You've got people in the hallways, you've got buzzers, you've got bells. A lot of folks are on oxygen, so you've got that oxygen concentrator going in the room. Dining rooms are a huge problem because they are very noisy. Mm -hmm. 
lot of people who do not talk very loud. So it's hard, even with hearing aids sometimes, to hear your uh, companion across the table from you at a meeting, at a meal. Sure. So it's challenging no matter how we do it, but it just takes a lot of counseling and education on the staff's part so they know how to talk to these people. Now, do most residential or care homes, do they, are they, do most of them pay attention to people's hearing? Is this like a thing in retirement homes or just a I few? wish it was. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it's really not. And that's part of our goal moving forward this year is to really try to raise awareness of the need for hearing care in long-term care communities, because it's really not. I don't see ears being checked on a regular basis. I don't see hearing aids being cared for well and consistently. And this is why we have created our online course. Um, this is another arm of the business. It's Here Now Education Services. Okay. It's an online course geared toward healthcare providers to teach them how to use and manage hearing aids. Oh, I like that. Okay. Not exactly flying off the shelf, but we continue to, we continue to market because when hearing aids are not used, they're lost, they're broken. And again, we see the long-term consequences of untreated hearing loss, which is even more um, difficult when you've got the tool right there, but it's not being cared for in a way that makes it usable. So when besides education, when somebody comes to you, do they literally come get in your mobile unit or do you go take your stuff inside? Oh, I go inside. I don't really have a mobile unit. I have a mini. You're just literally mobile. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just have a cart where everything is on it and I just come into the building and I either set up in a room and people come to me. Okay. This happened in all of my buildings pre-pandemic. But now that so many buildings are somewhat short-staffed, right. I typically work from a cart and go around the building, or I may just take my little divided box and go around and gather hearing aids from one hallway, come back and clean them, and then return them to each person and examine ears as I return hearing aids. So it's kind of different in each building. That's um, a great service that you offer. I love that. Thank you. And if there were more of me, I think we could be in more buildings, but I work alone. And so I'm in nine buildings right now. And that's really about all I can handle. I could probably add two or three more, but that would be about it. Oh, my goodness. So you are busy. I am busy. Yeah. How how often when you visit these different places, how often are you getting new people that are like, I need help? You know, almost every visit. I see at least one or two new people. And my list varies. You know, I have, I go to a couple of smaller buildings where I might only see 15 people on my visit. Mm -hmm. Larger buildings, I might see 25 or 30 people during a visit. So I average pretty close to 150 people a month. That's amazing. I have to think that families are so happy that you exist because, I mean, seriously, what a great service. And I didn't even think, oh, you got to clean your hearing aids. <laughs> I mean, I got to clean my glasses. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think that. 
So I have noticed that hearing aids are getting smaller and smaller, like you can hardly even see them anymore. Tell me about a Williams Sound Talker. Is that a hearing aid or how is that different? A Williams Sound Pocket Talker is not a hearing aid, but it's a wonderful device. It's the size of a transistor radio. Your listeners are probably my age or older, maybe, that remember the size of their transistor radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it works with headphones or an earbud, and it simply amplifies sound. Oh, just okay. makes things louder. That's I'm awesome. turn it on and the on off uh, switch is the same as the volume. So it's extremely easy to use. But the thing that I love the most about this device is it has a 12 foot extension cord for the microphone. Wow. Now, if we're in a, say a care plan meeting, that microphone could be passed around the table so that each person's Speaking is now speaking so that the resident or the family member, whoever is wearing it, can hear. It was wonderful during the pandemic because we could open the window just a little bit, put Mm -hmm. the out there, and then the person inside could hear the people outside. Oh, I love that. What a great idea. It's a really, really nice device. Before I was Before the Bluetooth accessories that we use now came about, Mm -hmm. I used a pocket talker in staff meetings so that I could hear because I, you know, what staff meetings can be like. So then I was able to create a rule that if you have the microphone, you talk and nobody else does. And it kind of keeps the rest of the room quiet so that the person wearing the headphones can hear. So, is this an addition to a hearing aid or does it take the place of a hearing aid, the personal amplifier? It takes the place of a hearing aid. Okay. And some people, I have known some people that have had both, myself included. So before I had a TV streamer, I would use the pocket talker with the microphone set right by the TV um, speaker. Ah, okay. Television. And not at wake the dead volume. Got it. Okay. Just where I would need it. So it can be used for both. It's not used in conjunction with hearing aids. You don't wear hearing aids and the pocket talker at the same time. I imagine that would be just a bad idea. It'd be too loud. Yes. <laughs> yes. So are there lots of different kinds of hearing aids or is there just, I mean, is it just Bluetooth or? Oh, there are so many different kinds of hearing aids. I mean, So many different kinds. Many are Bluetooth compatible now and wireless. Some very, very small hearing aids are not wireless, so they they can be as small as possible. I cannot ethically fit a tiny hearing aid for someone who lives in long-term care because the lifespan of those tiny hearing aids is very short in that sense because they're so easily lost. Ah, okay, gotcha. So small. So I prefer something a little bit larger for an in-the-ear type hearing aid for someone in long-term care. But yes, there are so many types of hearing aids. There are five main manufacturers of hearing aids. And then there are other products within each manufacturer. It's, it's kind of mind-boggling. 
I typically stay with one manufacturer. I use Starkey as my brand. They're made in America. They're not publicly traded. They're a wonderful company to work with. Um, so I typically fit Starkey hearing aids. But oh, they, cool. are, they have Bluetooth. They have different accessories you can use with them. Um, so, you know, and you can connect with your phone now on an app, stream directly from your phone. Hearing aids have come a long, long way. Yeah, they have. They've kept right up with technology. I love that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we have about five intelligence minutes. is very prominent in hearing aids now. Yeah, it is. And that's impressive. So we have about five minutes left. And I want to make sure that people know what you do and how you can come to them. Now, is this only in the Omaha metro area for now? I'm in, let's see, five buildings in the Omaha area. And once a month, I go to Stromsburg, Central City, Osceola, and Aurora. Oh. So I could take one more building in that area, maybe two more in the Omaha area. Um, I continue to search for a licensed person to work with me, but I have not found that person yet. Well, that is great to hear because this is a statewide radio station. So all of you listening, hey, hey, I know a lady that can help you with your ear troubles. That's I, I would I would love that. I would love that. And if we can even get some education into the buildings, that would help as well. Right. So in a nutshell, again, I mean, I don't feel like you're a a hidden secret, but we kind of need to get the word out. So people know that wherever you are, even if you're at home, that you will come to them, right? Right. Right. For the most part, you know, we have to work with schedules. Right. Well, I will help in any way I can to get people hearing better. Wonderful. So what is a good website that people can check out the information you have? And you have education stuff on your website as well, right? Yes, I actually have two websites. One is hearnowsolutions.com. Okay. The other one is hearnowedu.com. Okay. The edu address is where you find information about that hearing aid course. Or healthcare workers. Okay. And the other one will show you what you offer. And if I remember right, different hearing aids. I can't quite remember, but there's a well, lot. I, I don't have different hearing aids on my website, no. Okay. I The Pocket Talker is on there in my okay. production, different kinds of masks and different products. So okay, good. Yeah, if it's you very just contact me, if you just contact me, I'll help you. Perfect. Is there a phone number you want to share to folks? Yes. 402-880-3938. And as we wrap up, tell us again why it is so important to hear, why it's so important to stay part of the community. Oh, it is imperative to hear because if you can't hear, you cannot engage with friends, with family, with activities, with current events going on around you with the radios you provide. Right. there, You just really cannot participate in life to its fullest if you can't hear. Right. So if you see, and it doesn't even have to be an elderly person, I'm guessing. I mean, if you see anybody in your life that you love and that you know really well, and you see them starting to pull back and maybe not participating as much, or like you said, the constant turning up, Maybe right. that's when you need to address and say, I know somebody can help. And her name is Janie, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. 
Well, Janie, this has been so enlightening. I learned so much from you, and I'm so glad that we have you to help people that need you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I just encourage people to contact me. And if I'm not able to help you, I have a lot of folks that I can refer to. Wonderful. And again, don't be, don't be shy and don't be ashamed. It happens. We, I mean, people wear glasses. It's no big thing if you have a hearing aid. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it makes you more relevant and vital and able to participate. When Absolutely. You- Yep, we agree the same thing. Staying part of the community is what keeps you going. So please. That's right. Call Janie. All right. Well, here now solutions.com. That's the website. The phone number is 402-880-3938. So if you need any assistance with hearing, please give Janie a call. Janie, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And thanks so much for listening to Community Conversations. Thank you. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.